Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stuck in Self podcast. My name is Eric, and this podcast is for people who are searching for Christ or have an existing relationship with Him but are still living in bondage. The good news is that you can be set free, live free, and stop calling your cycle of sin and shame a normal experience. Jesus came to set you free. This podcast is about the lessons I have learned, as well as learning from those living in freedom designed to encourage anyone stuck in self to be free. One of my favorite Christian albums growing up was Jesus Freak from DC Talk. The album was full of good music, and honestly, I listened to it more for the music and not for the lyrics. Growing up, that is. Since DC Talk was a Christian group, my parents were happy to see me listening to it instead of other secular groups. But now when I listen to it, the words really resonate with me. In this album, there's a song called, What If I Stumble? In the beginning of this song, there is a quote from American author Brennan Manning that should cause every Christian today to stop and reflect on their own walk with Christ. He says, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Man, that's powerful. It puts the responsibility squarely on the shoulders of Christians for the way Christians are viewed by the world today. So what does this mean? Well, it calls out the surface-level Christianity that I myself embodied. I was a Sunday morning Christian who sang the worship songs and bowed my head for prayer. I took my family to church every week, really just to check a box, like a nod to God each week to give shallow prayers and praise. But my life outside the church was contrary to what I professed on Sunday mornings. My life was not a reflection of Jesus, but rather an indulgence in the flesh, seeking self rather than Christ. Today we're going to talk about living the Christian life, or living out the Christian life. In a previous episode, I talked about living out God's will through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to expand on this a bit today and talk through the Holy Spirit's work of transforming our lives through the renewing of our minds. So how are we called to live? How are we as Christians called to live? Well, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I lit. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We're called to live a life that is contrary to the flesh, contrary to our thoughts, our feelings, and emotions. We're to live a life that is filled with the fruits of the Spirit. The concept of not living by our own feelings and emotions can be a difficult one to wrap uh, wrap your head around. Um, in today's world... Uh, we're being spoon-fed the message that we are to live solely by our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Completely opposite to, to the, the truth of the, of the gospel and, and to the Bible. We're told to do what makes you happy, whatever that is. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a reason why marriages are failing at an astounding rate. Um, it's, a, it's a reason why, why people um, continue to pursue worldly things uh, for happiness. Um, I mean, I, I, there's looking back at uh, looking back at my life before before Christ. Um, I pursued 
the worldly gain in every in every way possible, right? Money, is, there's you're never going to have enough money. Let's just put it that way. Um, I think it was uh, Rockefeller who was who was interviewed and said um, he was being interviewed, and, and the interviewer asked him, "Well, how much how much money is enough?" And this this guy is a billionaire by today's standards, um, but he, he said, "You know, how much money is enough money?" And uh, Rockefeller's answer was just a little more, just a little more. Uh, boy, and how true that is! You know, no, no, how, no matter how much money you have, you always want more. Um, no matter what you have, you always want more. You always want a bigger house. You always want more money, um, uh, and whatever that, whatever the next thing is, uh, new house upgrades, uh, the uh, whatever it may be. Um, and, and that's the same for me. I found the same thing in dealing with, uh, you know, addiction to alcohol uh, or, or doing drugs or pornography. It, it was never enough. You can never drink enough beer. You never had that last beer that was like, man, I finally feel good. I finally arrived. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You never have enough. Um, and, and that's just the, just when we live in our thoughts, feelings, and emotions, that is the, the, the death spiral that, that ends in, it leads to nowhere, really. There's, there's, no, there's no good outcome to that. So the, the do what makes you happy mantra really drives us further away from the truth. So this passage talks, Galatians uh, 2.20 talks about uh, the, putting, uh, the putting self to death and allowing the Holy Spirit to completely fill us, fill us with good. Moving over to 1 John 2, verses 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So, our walk with Christ is really a journey to transform our lives into the image of God or to mimic the life of Jesus in our own life. Uh, Romans 8.29 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So, this is exciting stuff. According to Scripture, when we put our own wants and desires to death, we're filled with the Holy Spirit who works to transform us into the image of Jesus. Jesus perfectly embodied the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are a perfect collection of words to summarize the overall ministry of Jesus. Um, and as I talked about in the, the last podcast about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, um, the fruits of the Spirit are, are really what we want to shoot for in, in our walk with Christ. Um, and Jesus embodied these perfectly. If we look at love, agape love, brotherly love, um, he showed love, Jesus showed love through the outpouring of healing and deliverance from demons. He also showed love by preaching a message of repentance and giving people an alternative to an eternity of death. John MacArthur talks uh, interestingly about this, um, the, the love and, and talking about sin and repentance. Um, 
you know, in a in a world today where things are really construed as hate speech, um, you know, if we're if we're talking about um, sin and repenting of sin, um, well, John MacArthur puts it: it's not hate speech; that's love speech. Where we we love others and we want to communicate the message of uh, salvation through Christ, and by not doing so would actually be hate speech. If, if you have good news and you don't share it with other people, you can't say you really like that person. But if you have the good news of Christ, um, the pearl of great price, if you will, you, we want to share that with other people. It's not hate, it's love. Next, through the Spirit, be joy. Um, in John fifteen eleven, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. He was full of joy for the revelation of knowledge and power given to the 72. Um, as you recall it in that, uh, that story, Jesus sends out the 72 and they came back and said, Lord, even the, even the demons uh, flee at the, at the word of your name. And uh, Jesus was just so joyful at the fact that the Holy Spirit had uh, revealed that truth to the 72. Um, if we look at peace... Peace in the in the in this context, uh, there's a there's a couple different ways you can take it. Um, the the Greek word here is Irene, Irene, and the translation is really uh, there's a, there's a couple couple different translations. This is, says the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot, of whatsoever sort that is. Jesus was content with the lot that God provided. And, and what a great, uh, what a great view of peace. We think of peace a lot, and you can you can um, equate peace with with Jesus in terms of turn the other cheek and and just a, a worldly peace um, of keeping peace with your brothers. Um, but the 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 message of uh, being a tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Peace of mind is is just a, gr a great part of uh, Christianity. When you have um, uh, a faith in Christ and a and a uh, a full reliance on Him, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Next fruit of the Spirit uh, that Jesus embodied: patience. Um, a, a patience could. Um, many different ways to think of patience. The way that I like to think of it is the slowness in avenging wrongs. The crucifixion is the best example of patience I can think of. He endured the cruelty and, and weight of all sin through the process and still asked God to forgive those who had nailed him to a cross. When you put it in perspective and, and think about that story of patience, uh, it's hard to come up with a scenario it, it, I know for me, it, specifically in my own life, where you know I'm justified by not being patient. You know, if the if the measure is Jesus was put to death on a cross, and even then was still pleading and trying to intercede on behalf and interceding on behalf of those who were putting him to death to have G or God the Father forgive them. 
there's nothing I can come up with in my life that would would justify my lack of patience. The next one is kindness. Um, kindness, the, the Greek word here is krestades, um, and it's a usefulness, uh, morally, excellence in character, demeanor, or gentleness, or goodness, or kindness. Um, so, I mean, there's many different ways you could take this in, in the ministry of Jesus and being kind, but just overall, um, through his uh, interactions with you know, the woman at the well, all the healings he provided, um, all, all the deliverances from demons that he provided to those who were entrapped with that, um, and just an overall kindness throughout his, his entire ministry. Next would be goodness. Um, goodness, there was a very interesting definition that I found when looking through this one, but goodness is uprightness of heart and life. Um, and if you're like me, I did not understand what that meant right off the bat, so I had to look deeper. So uprightness of heart and life means that there should not be any motive or aim in one's heart. So whatever we do, we shouldn't do it with a, uh, a hidden motive or an expectation, right? We should, we should be doing things with, without the expectation of anything in return. Um, when Jesus ministered to people, it was not for personal gain, but out of selflessness. Um, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different examples you can think of this. I mean, in politics, like the, you know, if I do this, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours mentality. Um, it's just, it's just, not biblical and we shouldn't we shouldn't expect we shouldn't do things just to expect something in return the next fruit of the spirit would be faithfulness um, Jesus's faith in the father allowed God's will to be done in 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 the case of Jesus that will was a path to salvation for Jews and Gentiles um, Jesus was faithful in following the promptings of the Holy Spirit throughout his ministry. Uh, Jesus was the perfect embodiment of uh, following the will of uh, the Holy Spirit, no matter how um, you know crazy it sounded whenever the, these promptings came to Jesus. I mean, you think about the, uh, the blind man where um, Jesus spat in the mud and mixed it, the, his spit with the mud and rubbed it in the guy's eyes, and he was healed. Um, you know, that's something if, if, if you, I know if I was prompted to do that, to restore a man's sight or to, you know, prompted to do that by the Holy Spirit, that'd be, that'd be a hard one to really wrap my head around. Um, but that, that, that faith, that full faith that, that whatever, um, he is hearing from the Holy Spirit, he's following, that's it's something to, to really look up to. Uh, the next one is gentleness. Or, or meekness. Um, this is an interesting one that we just talked about uh, church yesterday. Um, uh, the meekness aspect of it. Um, and really, Aristotle puts it this way. Um, meekness is the mean between being too angry and never being angry at all. This man is, uh, the, the man who embodies this meekness is the man who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. To put it another way, uh, it's the man who is kindled by the indignation at the wrongs and the sufferings of others. 
but is never moved to anger by the wrongs and the insults he himself has to bear. When you think of the, the life of Jesus, he was always meek, always gentle. Um, but when it came to the temple and when people were turning his father's house into a marketplace, he was angry and and he he made sure to to rectify the situation and drove all of the the money changers um, out of the temple lastly self-control self-control or temperance it's the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions especially his sensual appetites Self-control is really uh, the foundational virtue that blazes the trail for the other fruits of the Spirit. Without self-control, our emotions take over and the fruits of the Spirit go out the window. Chaos replaces order. However, when we deny ourselves and pursue the will of God, the Holy Spirit brings order and self-control and paves the way for the other fruits to manifest themselves within us. So, if we look at the life of Jesus and his perfect embodiment of the fruits of the Spirit, and we know from earlier that the Christian walk, uh, the goal is to embody the image, embody the image of Christ, and to follow Jesus just as how just follow him in just the way that he lived. Where do you stack up? Where do I stack up? This is a time to be completely honest with yourself and for me to be completely honest with myself. We should allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to each of us where we need improvement. We should allow Him to convict us, to guide us, and to teach us. We should allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and to conform us into the image of Christ. Again, from from previous episodes, I I talked about, um, you know, I I always felt that um, living the Christian life was something I had to bear myself. Um, It's it's not something you need to bear yourself. It's not something you need to to come up with, figure out on your own. The, The gift of the Holy Spirit is truly remarkable and is... The Holy Spirit is our guide, our teacher, our convictor, and to really let us know where we're coming up short. Um, shortly after um, I turned my life back to Christ, um, the Holy Spirit prompted me in my morning prayer to um, to ask Him to reveal things that needed to be repented of in my own life. And He was faithful every time to do so. Uh, and I, I still do that as part of my my, my morning prayer. Um, but just to, to reveal the things that where I'm coming up short from the day prior, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing where you can actually bring up uh, in my mind the image of where I was, what I was doing, and, and, and where I fell short. Um, and it's a constant process of, of repentance and, and just allowing the Holy Spirit to do His work within us. Conforming to the image of Christ is not a once-and-done thing. It's a continual process of denying ourselves of self and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us. At the beginning of, uh, of our Christian walk, 
we are full of self and have none of the Holy Spirit. As we continue to walk, the amount of self we have goes down. The amount of Holy Spirit we allow ourselves to be filled with in place of that self, um, that the scale slowly starts to tip in, in the direction of, of the, being filled with the Holy Spirit, having less of self. And the goal is to uh, minimize the amount of self and maximize the amount of Holy Spirit in our life. Um, and really that's a matter of us um, following the life of Jesus, following the, the example he gave us um, through his ministry and embodying the fruits of the Spirit um, and recalling how Jesus did that and following his example. We want our lives to match our profession of faith. As I talked about in the beginning with the, the quote, um, really the, the, it says the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips but deny him with their lifestyle. We, we don't want to be that type of Christian. We want our lives to match our profession of faith and the gospel of Jesus, that Christ is the Messiah, that he is fully God, fully man, that he was put to death on the cross as an atonement for the sins of the world, that he was resurrected from the dead, that he is now seated at the right hand of God, and that through him alone, by faith, we can have eternal life, and a life here on earth, earth that is full of peace. Let me close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the gift of, of your Son Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, we, we thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit who uh, is our teacher, our guide, and is the um, the one transforming us into the into the image of Christ um, as we as we seek you, um, Lord. As we go about our week, would you would you continue to reveal to us where we need to improve and, and how we can uh, minimize self and maximize uh, the embodiment of the Holy Spirit in us, Lord? And we just ask all these things in your precious name, Amen.